Hello everyone out there, it is time for another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to, and this time around, we are watching Megaforce. That's right, I, your intrepid host, John, has taken his sidekick, Jeff, sidekick, and and gone on a journey through the mystical jungles of Megaforce. Man, once the Joker beats me to death, I'm going to come back so mad. (laughs) I'm going to be so angry and edgy. (laughs) I'm going to wear so many leather jackets. I'm going to wear four leather jackets. I'm going to wear a leather jacket as pants. I'm going to wear, I'm going to pop the collar of every other leather jacket. Not all of them. That'd be crass. (laughs) I like the idea that you're going to pop the collar of every other leather jacket. Yes. Just not the ones you're wearing. (laughs) So you're going to go around to everyone else's leather jacket and be like, pop, pop. (laughs) That looks like a Nightwing thing. (laughs) I'm not a Nightwing. I'm the, I'm the edgy one. Yeah. I'm a cool guy. (laughs) I've got a red helmet. (laughs) Oh, red hood. Ugh. So we watched uh, Megaforce. Me- 1982's Megaforce, I think. Yeah. That sounds 1982's right. 1982's Megaforce. Yeah. Came out the year that I was born, and boy, howdy, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> real bad. <laughs> no way. This was great. It is astounding how boring this is. <laughs> like, I think the thing that really takes you, I mean, spoiler-free chat, I think the thing that takes you the furthest afield when you're watching this is realizing that it is mostly a comedy. That is like 90% Borscht Belt, like back and forth Laurel and Hardy routines between these Ursatz G.I. Joe motherfuckers. It's so weird that they've decided they're like, Mega Force. And then they're like, oh, no, wait, just kidding. Uh, this, is, this is like a send up of those types of things. And they're like, oh, no, it isn't. We're going to spend another half of this movie basically just doing the world's <laughs> shittiest explosion effects in front of tanks. <laughs> No, this movie, like, by weight, is 30% goes nowhere love story, and then literally the, the first third of the movie is goes nowhere love story, and then they're just like, ah, never mind. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> and we then- didn't actually have any conclusion for that, so we'll just uh, pass, hard pass. Yeah, and then the middle third is is humor in uniform, like Reader's Digest edition, now, now filmed, so it's a bunch of people being like, hey, what's a nine-letter word for a guy who played an Indian chief? Uh, that you know, then the back and forth on that kind of shit, and then the last third is exciting action conclusion, which I'm going to tell you by weight, eighty percent Estes Comanche rockets with D with D cell fuel launchers. Yes, it is a thousand tiny toy rockets. Yes, <laughs> you can see some of them go foul. Like, <laughs> yes, you can. You see a bunch of these rockets go off, and you're like, oh, cool rockets, and then one goes all crazy because they, yeah. didn't, they didn't prime it right. One just starts going, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, that'd be super dangerous if it mattered. <laughs> None of this matters, though. <laughs> None of this matters. Oh, God. So I was slightly like, oh, maybe this will be okay to watch because Barry, Barry Bostwick. Bostwick was in it. Yeah. And I was like, I love that guy. And honestly, I love him in this, too. It's hard to hate Barry Bostwick when he's on screen. Yeah. I mean, the dude's got like a lion's mane in this. Oh, God. His he facial is... hair goes right up to his regular hair. He is impressive. <laughs> he is a golden god. Uh, but he's a 70s golden god, so. Well, he, he's yeah, an he, early 80s Early 80s. God. But he looks like he's a holdover from this. The whole thing feels like a holdover. There's a bunch of jokes about how this is the 80s now. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I didn't look up the year before I had watched it, and I was like, 
what did this come out in like 87 why do you why is there such a ah it's not the 70s anymore i'm like no it's like 82 <laughs> this had to have been filmed like right on the edge it's 82 that's still the 70s yeah man actually i'm pretty sure that two we, years after is I always mean, still the same yeah well people usually say it's the music that makes a difference that like the 90s didn't start until Nevermind. yeah so 92 93 but i think the 80s Music just died in 1979 and then came back to life around 1982. And anything that happened in 80 and 81 is just past. You blank on it. It doesn't count. Lost to the ages. Lost to the ages. You can go look it up if you want. All of it's going to be weird and disappointing. Just like us. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like bad sticks. Yeah. So I got to I gotta say, the no spoiler review for this is it's real boring it's stupid i mean it's it, there's there's some charm to it but not enough like there's this is very much too a, much watching vehicles go places this is very much a watch the five minute highlight reel kind of a thing oh yeah no the as much as they wanted to have action stuff there just wasn't anything and it's, they wanted to have comedy <laughs> but there weren't really any jokes that landed it was it's just a sad time <laughs> this this film <laughs> Caused an 11 year gap in Barry Bostwick being in movies. Really? Yes. <laughs> After this, he did not appear in another movie until Weekend at Bernie's 2, 11 <laughs> years later. Was he on a TV show over that whole time or something? Oh, I he mean, did like TV movies and guest spots on TV shows, but was, he did yeah. not do a theatrical release. Because the dude was always a hybrid actor. Like, he, he, he spent so much time on Spin City. Yeah, so, I mean, that was way I, later. I know, it's way later, but it always made it clear to me that he was comfortable doing TV work. Well, I mean, the reason they actually got him in this is the directors saw him on a stage production of the Pirates of Penzance <laughs> and went, that guy, I want that guy. <laughs> I mean, if I saw Barry Bostwick in a Pirates of Penzance production in the, in the early 80s, I would have been like, I want that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, no shade. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. You know what? Fuck it. Let's let's uh let's play some music. Mm -hmm. Let's light the lights. <laughs> it's time to get things started. <laughs> and we will come back with the spoilerific review of Megaforce tonight. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to get things started. All right, we're back, and it's time. It's time to talk to you, the listener, about Megaforce. So first of all, how you doing? First of all, I'm great. <laughs> Good. That's all I need. This isn't my show. I don't get to Second do that. Second of all, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Good. Mm -hmm. I'd hate it if I was doing good and you weren't. I, yeah, that's a, that's a rare event. Yeah. Mm. Normally, I'm doing shitty. Yeah. Like, you like, love it. Like, well, I mean, right now, I am two days removed from watching this because someone called in sick, which means I've got the haziest of memories of this. Oh, that's fine. Honestly, while watching it the other <laughs> night, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have a hazy memory of this. This is garbage. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. So, we get the, the movie opens with a extremely post-processed series of images of the army driving around and you can tell it's just scenes from the movie that all they did was apply so much kind of contrast filter to it that it just turns into weird black and white shapes yeah and then there's just a voiceover explaining gi joe but it's not called gi joe yeah we get a little like opening text thing that's like 
ah, in the future, nations have come together to create in the weird army that can do anything they want and mm-hmm. can't get in trouble. It's yeah. Megaforce. And they get all the best technology, and, they, and each commit country is committed to sending its very best men to Megaforce. Top men. Top men, every one of them. They're all the highest trained men. And then they get the coolest equipment, and they never use it. They just use dirt bikes and dune buggies. But <laughs> but but boy, oh boy, do we send them expensive shit anyway. Yeah, well. <laughs> this movie is 95% dirt bikes and dune buggies. Oh, yeah. I was like, That's, you know, there's a point where we see like a hangar. Full of airplanes, like full of real airplanes. There's a MiG-27. Honest to God shit. Out. They're like, that's a MiG-27. Those are top secret right now. And they're like, yeah, not for us. Russia sends us their top secret airplanes so we can not use them. <laughs> so that, you know, on our super secret special assignments, we can go, eh. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that feels like it sat on the shelf through its decade into the wrong decade. <laughs> More than this. Because this movie is, like I said, 95%. Just watching endless streams of dirt bikes go by on a flat California pl- scrubland plane somewhere. Yes, indeed. Which is the, the definition of shitty 70s movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I said that this movie was so much just watching vehicles go places, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's so 70s. The like, ah, the hero is going to go meet the villain. This requires five minutes of watching his Buick on highways. Yeah. Part of me thought that, like, the movie was made in the 70s, because it's from 1982, but I would have sworn to you it was made in the 70s and just set in the 80s because it's the far future or whatever. <laughs> in the far future of 1982. Yeah, but it's not. It's an it's movie was both made in the 80s and talking about how the 80s is kind of the future. It's a weird choice, like if the 80s just lasted 30 years. Like, I do understand the the kind of back and forth between our hero, Barry Bostwick, as Ace Hunter... <laughs> <laughs> and our main villain Guerrera, who is friends with him, yeah, they're they're just buddies. They've been they've served together in the past. Yeah, and there's a point where they start talking about the whole like, oh, you know, it's not the '70s anymore. Idealism costs too much now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a fun little back and forth. Though I feel like that would have been better served later in the '80s when you got more of the like, you know, the greed is good type shit happening. Yeah, yeah. But this is set in sort of the death yells of the of the seventies, where it, you can still be be famous even though you've got a giant beard, uh, and and all you do is ride a dirt bike around and hang out in skin tight clothes with other dudes in the same outfit as you. God damn! I gotta tell you, the fact that the Megaforce outfit is just like a spandex onesie, and I'm like. Guys. They keep calling it out in the movie. It's the weirdest thing. It's like it's a send up of itself. The, there's people. There's points in the movie where people are like, "I like your dumb, super tight uniforms." <laughs> They're like, "Thanks." Hey, thank you. I see you've got a harness like Darth Vader's chest box. <laughs> it's got a bunch of blinky buttons on it that you never interact with and don't seem to do anything. What's that about? I don't know. High tech future shit. Don't ask questions. How? How can you explain this? Well, I can explain it. There was no costume designer for this movie. <laughs> And those things off the rack. And instead, it was designed by Mattel. <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. So now you know why they look like G.I. Joes. And when I say Hal, what I mean is that this movie was directed by Hal Needham. Yes. Uh, and that Hal Needham is routinely appears throughout the film. He plays a guy who is in a big room full of buttons. It looks like he's in the Wonka Vader. Oh. And he never, you never know where he is. 
in relation to anything that's going on. <laughs> it's just every once in a while cuts to Hal Needham in his Wonkavator room, pushing all the buttons on the walls and ceiling and shit, and being like, let's see how they like a taste of this one, Ace. Beep, beep, boopity, beep, beep, boopity, boop. And then they'll just cut back to Ace, who's like, thanks, techie. And you don't know. <laughs> you know what the weird thing is? Yeah. For all of the movie with him just being in his little Wonkavator. Yeah. He managed to break several ribs falling off one of those dirt bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he ever on one? Who knows? <laughs> I assume he was just like, well, I want to drive around on a dirt bike for a while. Oh, no. And then he's like, wait a minute. I don't know how to do this. I'm not a stunt man. <laughs> no, Hal ne- I-, I love him in this movie, but honestly, every time he popped up in his little uh, Wonka Vader to push buttons, my first thought was, holy shit, Adam West is in this. <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, no, wait, that's Hal Needham. <laughs> <laughs> oh man nice call you're right am i yeah. wrong? I'm not wrong i am wasn't I? doing that but now that i think about it yes <laughs> anyway yeah after that introduction uh we cut to the very weirdly inserted love interest uh zara as played by star trek the the motion pictures persis kambata yeah Ooh, she's she uh she was in star trek the motion picture and then parlayed that into a career of being in shit like this <laughs> it's the beginning of this is one of the more confusing things mm-hmm. because they cut from the like the weird black black and white silhouette thing and the discussion of how Megaforce exists to some tanks and they're shooting at a thing and some guy's like, this is for the glorious revolution. And I'm like, oh, we're fighting Russia in this. This is one of those Cold War things. Yeah. No. Okay. No, we're not. And And we're going to make up countries to be in yeah they're in like bundara or something it was not a real country they got real close to gambia and in fact fucked up at one point and said gambian oh because they're supposed to be in gamibia (laughs) is the actual country that they say several times but at one point one of the people goes the gambian army is wherever and i'm like oh you fucked up and said a real place Uh, oh, we're the Democratic Republic of the Cameroon. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's it's a real country. <laughs> it is amazing to me how often they're like, ah, yes, and then he watched his country, Santa Cristo, get destroyed. And you're like, what? Well, that, the problem was that they had that super prison there, and then Bane got out. And... Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's funny that the movie is potentially set in like west africa or east africa and yet all of the villains are mexican stereotypes or south american stereotypes it's so weird because guerrera is very clearly latino in some way yes and then you have the person that he's he's a mercenary yeah working for someone else who very clearly is some kind of communist stand-in yeah but his second in command is this bumbly dude who's also got a mexican net type accent and then the they're they're crossing the border and doing raids into some other country yeah where zara is but then also their military is being coordinated by a british guy yes (laughs) and i'm just like i have no idea where this is supposed to be and part of me is like Am I supposed to be this confused? I don't think you're supposed to care. I think you're supposed to be like, ah, they cross, they're not supposed to cross borders. Great, got it. Up to speed. Move along. Let's see the cool vehicles. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is supposed to be very G.I. Joe of like, ah, no, they've gone into country yeah. and we need to stop them. <laughs> yeah, just use the Justice League, er, er, like the uh, DCAU thing of just making up countries whenever you need to. Yeah. 
They're in Churchlia. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Chuchnia. <laughs> oh, Chuchnia. My made-up country that I try to convince people is real. <laughs> uh, it's right on the border of Finland and Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> the... The beginning of this has them, like, blow up some factory somewhere. Yeah, the, the bad guys blow up a factory, right? Is yeah. It, yeah, the bad guys blow up a factory, and, and I believe that's what causes Zara to make her, her way along with this British general out to see Megaforce. Yeah, because she's they, like the daughter of the crown king of that. The, the president of whatever country they yeah. are raiding, but they, like, try to chase after him, and they're very close, but then they manage to get back over the border, mm-hmm. and... Zara's like, no, we can't go over into that country or else we'll start an actual war. Yeah. But I can't imagine that having some force come over and, like, blow up your shit and then run over there wouldn't start one anyway. Well, my guess is that her country can't expect, can't reasonably expect to win that war. That's the only thing that matters. Because if these guys can re- come over and blow up their factories and run away, and it doesn't re- re- result in the president of her country being like, all right, uh, fuck this, we're e- either extradite them or invading and getting them. Yes. It's because he knows that they are trying to get him to pick a war because he'll lose. Mate. That's the best I can come up with. Okay. But anyway, her Zara and this general, general British man. Yeah. Um, general White something. Yeah. General, general White guy. General White guy. They, they are flying off to meet with Megaforce and... Zara is military. Uh, she's from. She's in her own country's military, and as a result, that means that she thinks she she's like way into knowing that she knows all these soldiers and so on. But when they land, they're ju- they they land and are dropped off by a truck in the middle of the desert, and then she sits down because she's like, whatever. I'm, I'm I'm military. I'm used to sitting in the desert. It's fine. This is my home country anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be okay. Uh, but the general's wandering around oh, like, how, how dare they? How dare they leave me uh, to, to, to the elements like this? This is inco- unconscionable. I mean, this isn't her home country. They're at Megaforce base. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Um, but she's just fine and comfortable. And for some reason, there's like a rattlesnake that they keep. I, I think it's because the ba- the, uh, the the good member of Megaforce who's about to come pick them up is, in, in a great introduction to the members of Megaforce, a weird cartoon stereotype. He's a cowboy. Yeah. He's, he's a, a cowboy, cowboy man. named Dallas, and yeah. he comes up and shoots a snake and is like, hooey, them sidewinders will sneak up on you. No, no sense of justice on them. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then well, we, the, the military of each country sends its best and brightest, ma'am, and our best and brightest happen to be a rootin' tootin' cowpoke. Why, I'd rope a tornado for free, but for an extra dollar, you can throw in a panther. <laughs> Uh, and of course, Dallas is like the number two here. Yes. He's going to be in most of the scenes and is our Barry Bostwick's, uh, like number two in command. Mm -hmm. And also fun fact, because this is an like international thing and everyone has their same like diarrhea brown jumpsuit on, but with a patch of the country they get sent from. So you've got like, oh, here's a guy with like a Mexican flag and a japanese flag and yeah. so on fucking dallas has a confederate flag on yes. his shoulder and he can eat my entire asshole not only does he have a confederate flag on his fucking shoulder but also in the climactic scene of the movie when they're right out to do battle and do glory he he ties a stupid little confederate flag to his dirt bike yeah there's nothing like rooting for the guy on the dirt bike with the confederate loser flag yeah god damn it and it's not like, oh, well, because of the United States, like maybe he put that on there because uh, whatever state you're from. No, 
Fucking Hunter has a U.S. flag. We see several other people with a U.S. flag. The guy driving the Jeep with Dallas in it is an American black man. Yep. And his stereotype is that he's the smart guy. He's a smart black guy. Yeah, he's he he's listens cultured. to uh, Vivaldi and yeah. no Shakespeare. <laughs> I like the part where the British guy keeps underestimating the dr- the driver. Oh, what are you listening to, Gladys Knight and the Pips? <laughs> uh, no, I'm listening to Vivaldi. Winter? No, 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 uh, no. Spring. I'm listening to s- Spring. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, why would why is winter the denigrating choice anyway? Spring's the well known one. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like later on. When they have to leave, and he does a quote from Macbeth, he's like, "Oh, is that Shakespeare?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's Macbeth. This scene, this act, mm-hmm. like, yeah, my dude." His whole deal is to that he is cultured and well read, uh, but you know, don't get attacked. He has nothing to do. Oh, the, no one the, has anything. The, to the do. only ones. It's weird. This movie. I'll, I'll say this now. This movie feels like they they it, like the culmination of a show that existed or something. Because there's all these characters who come ringing in, like, "I'm six killer. I'm the Native American one." What, why Why do you have a cool name? What, what's your deal? What do you do? Nothing. Oh, nothing. You'll never see me. I'm in the background of several shots, and then that's it. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Who are you? I'm Suki. I'm the Japanese one, and I'm a cool guy. What do you do? I don't know. I'm here. Yeah, there's a bit with Suki where I think he, like, is he? Does he try too hard? I forget. He has a bit that they 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 reference it twice in the movie. Like they're like ah, there goes Suki again doing whatever that Suki thing is. Oh, he like at one point he lost his bike and so he was like riding on top of one of the dune buggies. Oh, that's and they're right. like, yeah. Suki, goddamn it, quit fucking around. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much everyone in here. We'll get like, ah, here's a dude with a Mexican flag. Mm-hmm. He will say hello and then immediately disappear. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny. Cause it's like every country is sending their best and brightest, but uh, there's like two people that aren't American. <laughs> uh, the, the, the group, the, uh, the best and brightest is so American that they actually give, they have to give one of them a Cherokee flag and another one, a Confederate flag. <laughs> god so angry yeah it's uh it's not great but yeah uh, 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 dallas yeah dallas picks him up dallas dallas slad (laughs) but dallas picks him up and he's he's like oh i'm sorry about your that you having to get that see that snake or whatever but you were never in any danger because watch this hey uh hey guy who's driving i think it's gabe or something like that hey gabe turn on the the doohickey and gabe turns on a shitty TV screen in the middle of the desert that's got like a bikini girl in the surf on So it. they have they're holograms. Part of their like super high tech is not only do they have, you know, blue lasers. Yes. But also they have the ability to project anything as a hologram wherever. Yes. But so the- one of the favorite ones is some woman in the surf, mm-hmm. like walking around in a bikini. Yep. And they use it. Every time they do anything hologram related in the movie. But it's amazing to me that they're like, all right, here's a like TV realistic hologram showing this. We also use it to make a complete uh, convincing realistic looking rock over here. Yeah. Also a cartoon if we want to. We well, can just right. play there's a cartoon. cartoon. There's that cartoon pig at one point when they decide to parody the uh, the Porky Pig ending some Warner Brothers stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the, the, twice in the movie, they're like, um, I don't know. Put the bikini lady in the desert again. There she is. I am so confused by this, says like the second in command. <laughs> the, the fuck- I see nothing, General. <laughs> they get driven by uh, Dallas and I 
I think Zach maybe is the other guy. I don't know. The cultured dude. Uh, and they both go in and they're like, oh, oh, no, wait, it is. It's because he's Zachary Taylor. That's, That's right. Why. Yeah, yeah. Named after a president. Yes. And there's a point where the British general's like, a, a cowboy named Dallas and a man named Zachary Taylor. Are we meant to take this serious? Wasn't that one of the presidents? <laughs> like, no, you're not meant to take this seriously. <laughs> wait till you meet Ace Hunter. He's the guy in charge. Yeah. And you meet Ace Hunter as they drive up towards the base of operations and oh yeah a little stunt a little uh six flag stunt show happens yeah you get a little stunt show as three <laughs> dudes on dirt bikes go like yeah we're gonna jump over rocks and stuff yeah and then shoot bottle rockets at bowling balls or whatever yeah like a bunch of bowling balls come flying up over the hills and they shoot them down with random bottle rockets it is amazing to me it, it's astonishing and then for some reason this this little display like in like offends the general and, and Persis Kambata, and they're like, what is this? What is the meaning of all this? This is such broach of behavior. And they're like, uh, no, we're not even putting on a show for you. That's just our regular training routine. Everyone has to do it. Also, the fact that they're like, how dare you make us wait in the desert while you dick around and shoot bowling balls here? <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, we sent someone to get you. This is just training. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> But anyway, hi, I'm I'm Ace Hunter, and I see you brought a sexy lady with you, so let me just get real close to her and stay there. It's going to get real uncomfortable real soon. Yeah, and then she's going to be like, you suck, and he's going to go, all right, well, fuck you then. I'm going to not like you until I like you again in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because she has some like immediate insult for him or something. But then they, they, he takes them on a little tour of their facility where, sure enough, they have a bunch of high-tech future crap. And she's like, how do you have all this? What does it cost? And Dallas is like, eh, it costs. It don't cost nothing. They back up a truck to our building once a year and just dump top-secret expensive shit on us. We got 10,000 square miles underneath the earth. And why we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on mops alone last year to try and keep it clean. Yeah, it's just, it's just that kind of shit. Which, again... This whole big army base full of technology, dirt bikes and dune buggies. Oh, yeah. And let me give you a tour here. Now, if you'll just come with me, we're going to go around the side of this painting. And then, oh, <laughs> hey, now we're in a garage. Yeah. <laughs> and we get revealed to their other big, se- besides the blue lasers, their other big secret weapon, which is uh, photosensitive paint. That, that their dune buggies at night are black dune buggies and by day have like <laughs> sub power wheels white they look like huffy bikes it's, in terms of the paint jobs i mean it's it's very standard 80s dirt bike yeah that someone has put a big dumb shield on the front of it and then painted everything like brown and brown yellow and, lightning bolts yeah just brown and like sort of a light beige-ish yellow yeah and it just looks ugly and i'm like okay but what is the photosensitive thing for like what does it matter <laughs> yeah well you see at night they turn black because there's no light on them okay but they would appear black anyway because there's no light on them yeah but it's super high tech don't worry about it but if someone shines a light on it very slowly it'll stop being black and start being Getting real <laughs> it'll stop being black and start integrating in america <laughs> damn it dallas <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I like to fly the flag of losers. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm the rootinest, tootinest, racistest cowboy in these here deserts. Look, I love a good flag of a loser, and that's why I joined Megaforce. <laughs> uh, we have a bit where 
uh, Ace Hunter explains that, you know, uh, they're like, how do you have the manpower? And he's like, well, the manpower is that every country sends in these guys. But because we're so super top secret, it's a volunteer only program. And uh, they, we tell everybody back at home that we're dead. Yeah, you're either dead or captured. Which is weird because all of the jokes in this movie, 90%, at least of the jokes in this movie are, hey, don't forget to call my girlfriend back home. I will be calling your girlfriend when I get back home. You won't be. I will be. You guys can't have girlfriends. You're dead. Yeah. I, keep, I, I don't know why you keep saying that joke. The very first thing you told me is that the country disavowed knowledge of you and you're dead and you stay here all the time. <laughs> How do you all have a girl back home? I got to get out of here. Hey, do you mind if I call your girl? Sure, everyone else does. <laughs> oh, yucka, yucka, yucka. <laughs> I do at least like that uh, one of the pilots was Canadian. I saw the Canadian flag on him. I was yeah. like, oh, good. Yep, yep. There's one more country. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get a quick rundown of the kind of stuff they have and what it is they do. Uh, there's a scene where we see that they have uh, they are they have bugged every military base in the entire world. And they can they have an automatic translation system that is very stilted and silly sounding, and they can use it to listen to every single military person anywhere forever. Yeah, they uh, they can pick up any transmission anywhere ever, any phone call, any radio, whatever is going on, mm -hmm. and they store it all in their giant mega computer. Yeah, we are also introduced to Egg, the uh, the chief scientist. Yeah, for, for Megaforce, uh, out of all the young soldiers in skin tight garb, he is an elderly bald man in a you know scientist coat. Yeah, because scientist man. You see, he's he's egg because he's the egghead. Do you get it? Do you get it about him? Oh, uh, he's from Eggsylvania. He's got an egg on his on his coat. Eggsylvania. <laughs> it's right next to Chechnya. <laughs> it's just a quick two hour drive. Yeah, but. <laughs> So, but, and his whole deal is that he's a scientist, so he's forgetful and a little goofy. Yeah. And he, he's mostly here to set up that there is going to be a MacGuffin at the end of the film because he's like, Hey Ace, uh, I, I got that thing you wanted and just remember it's one, two, mm -hmm. and then, and then the thing I, I put in your bike will work. Okay. We're not going to say what it is, but the thing yeah. So in your bike. In your bike. And you I hit buttons the one and two. And then at the, hey, at the end of the film. Yeah. yeah? All right. <laughs> I'm going now. Okay. Goodbye. And then they send uh, Persis Kambata off to change, which thankfully she does off screen. Thank goodness. She's in some military dress uniform when she gets a knock on the door. Obviously, it's Ace here to hit on her. He is dressed like he has to go play like the Prince of the Nutcrackers at a restaurant. <laughs> That is the dress uniform yes. for these soldiers is when they're not in their ridiculous garbage spandex outfit, mm -hmm. they are instead wearing a blue and red absolute, like, looks like someone trying to be futuristic, I think, suit. They all look like they're the Prince of Candytown. <laughs> Pretty much. The crown prince. So he shows up at the crown prince of Candyland, and he's like, hello, may I escort you to dinner? And the fact that she doesn't just laugh at him, like, look, I'm in a military uniform. What are you wearing? <laughs> oh, this is our military uniform. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I, I would like to leave now. This is. <laughs> it was bad enough when I thought that was just what Barry Bostwick was wearing, mm -hmm. and I was like, bold choice. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if it works for you. But then they get to the mess hall, and everyone is in that outfit. And you're and like, like, oh, no, a oh. dance sequence is coming. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> They're going to do some sugar plum, sugar plum fairy bullshit. 
Uh, so this at the dinner is when we finally get the introduction of what the fuck is going on, what they want them for, what the deal is. And it's that the, the British general is like, all right, here's what we need you to do. We need you guys to blew a commando raid into this country no one's allowed to go into. But you're so stealthy and so good that you can do it and get away with it. Plus, you're not, you know, officially part of anyone's, like, army or whatever. So if you go do it, then you can, like, be disavowed. Yes. So that's what's going to... We just need you to... It's only a couple minutes across the border. You got to go in there, raise a ruckus in their military camp, and then escape in the, in the cover of night. And they need to chase you. You need to lure them across the border so we can get them on our side of the border. Yeah, because so once they're really over on our side, yeah. then we can grab them, and then we'll have them, and then the other country can't be like, oh, we're harboring them anymore. So yeah. that's what we need. We need a win. We need a W, and we need you to give it to us. Yeah, and so we get a little bit of the planning session where... Where uh, Hunter Barry Boswick is like, okay, here's we're gonna do the whole thing in four minutes. We're gonna drive over there in cover of night, shoot a bunch of rockets and shit, raise some hoot and any hell, and then run away and they'll chase us. It's gonna yeah. be very precision. They have two different columns of armor. We're gonna go in during night, blow one of them up and their entire base, and then have the other column follow us, and then you can get them. Yes, and that'll work. I mean, granted, the fact that we blew up a bunch of shit on their side will definitely be existing evidence that we did that. It might be better for us to go up there and not blow stuff up and have both armor columns chase us, but, uh, you know, whatever. Who gives a shit? G.I. Joe. Woo! Blue lasers! <laughs> Mega force. And that is their plan. And, of course, at this point, uh, Zarya <laughs> is like, ah, I will also accompany you on this mission. And Bosuk's like, no. No, you're not. What? No. And she's like, but I'm a soldier. And I wanted to be like, yeah, lots of people are soldiers. We don't bring all of them with us all the time. I'm not even bringing all my own guys. Yeah. Look, I'm bringing 60 of my dudes, okay? Yeah. These 60 that work as a unit. And she's like, give me one good reason I shouldn't accompany you. And he's like, uh, I don't know, because you're from another military, that you're not part of our whole weird disavowed unit thing. You don't have any cohesion or training with my guys. You've never seen any of this equipment before. And she's like, is it because I am a woman? Oh, yeah. I love that he's like, all right, you know what? I assume that you're just trying to do this because you're invested in your country's dumb nonsense. But mm -hmm. all right. I'm going to give you an out and be like, oh, well, if you can pass my trials three, <laughs> then you may join us. And so they do like a parachuting thing I love that, that he, takes he, too goddamn long. He full on, yeah, the parachuting thing's just a romance scene. It's, just, it's shot as a romance scene, is 100% romance. But it's I, I think it was supposed to be that he thought that she'd get scared of parachuting. Like, you know. Well, for, I think he assumes that she's like, oh, you're in charge of military stuff because you're the president's daughter, not because you're a soldier. Yeah. But she's like, no, I'm a real soldier. I actually served in combat and stuff. I am like, like, so when he's got her up on the plane, he's like, okay, you don't have to do this. And she's like, jumps out of the plane. Yeah. It's like, if you get scared, I can jump with you. And if you freeze up, I'll pull the cord for you. And she's already out of the plane. So and then he's like exchanging looks with Dallas. Like, oh, geez, she's one of those, a competent one. Ah, crap. And you know, they go through a bunch of like training and they do like a vr fucking yeah, tank like, driving simulator yeah and she's like there you'll go a perfect score now you have to take me and he's like all right i've let this go on too long you can't come with me because you're not one of the 60 these men have trained together and gone on missions together so much that they know exactly what the other person will do you yeah. however are an unknown and you could fuck everything up because you'll make them nervous and they don't know what you'll do that said i am willing to throw you a shot but if you want to bone down, 
then we can go ahead and do that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just embarrassing because he's like, run, he, he spends so much time. We're talking like 20 minutes of this movie is him like letting her skydive, having her do boot camp, running around in the desert stuff, having her do a VR tank driving simulation. She does perfect at all of it. And then she's like, fine, now you can no longer say I'm not qualified to go. And and he's like, okay, all right, I let this play out too long. I'm sorry, this is on me. We decided to do it as a goof to let you train because we ob- assumed that obviously you would fail at all of our trainings. Yeah, uh, but you didn't, and that's on me. I shouldn't have underestimated. This is just that scene where where uh, Hank tries to Joan OS- OSI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except that it ends with, with. I mean, it's the same thing. They don't let him in either, even though he just perfected everything. Yeah, they're just like, no, you're not allowed to come with. Like, <laughs> we never should have entertained this notion. Yeah. I'm sorry. They should have at the very beginning been like, no, you can't, because you're, you're. I don't care if you're a soldier. You're a soldier from a different military. Yeah. Also, the entire reason you came to Megaforce was that we aren't associated with any one given military. Mm. If you are with us, that makes it very clearly a sanctioned by your government raid. You may have noticed that that British general that flew you here has not been offering to do to join the team as well. Yeah. He's not like, ah, I should go as well. Stiff up a lip. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I've got a thick reserve of pluck. <laughs> oh, no, I've got to go to the bathroom and get rid of this thick reserve of pluck. <laughs> Someone come in here and pluck my thick eight. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, very well. <laughs> I shall do it myself for queen and country. And at that point, this entire love story that they like started doing, where you're like, oh, they start off kind of rough and tumble, where they have a meeting where they, they get on each other's nerves, and then they skydive and kind of like dance with each other for way too goddamn long in the so air. So long. Look, this is a movie that is entirely trying to sell you on the notion that dirt bike footage and one foot shot of professional skydivers is like a spectacle that, to behold. And this movie came out a year after Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and as soon as this ends and they're like, okay, well, maybe we won't have you go on the mission with us, but how about I take you on a date in London? And she's like, all right, great. Anyway, I'm out of this movie now. (laughs) It's been a third of this movie, and now I will be gone. Good day, sir. I also like that he's like, tomorrow. We're going to meet tomorrow in London at the Lion's Head Inn. And and there's no point where they're like, well, okay, but where are we? Like, what what the fuck country is this that we're one C-130 flight away from London? Well, you see, we're somewhere in the northern, eastern, western, Africa, Europe. (laughs) We're just in the desert part of England. (laughs) Look, we're in the deserts of England. We're a half hour from London. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the great deserts of Essex. (laughs) (laughs) We're that part of the United Kingdom that's Broomga or whatever we call the country. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they take off, and now... We get a little bit of business of them trying to make you give a shit about any of the side characters, mm-hmm. and it does not work, because no. none of them have a shtick that matters in the way that is funny or interesting. I would also say the fact that since every single one of them is dressed like a guy who's a G.I. Joe but about to strip, uh, <laughs> I mean, because everyone, they're wearing fucking spandex jumpsuits. You see so many packages in this movie. True. So much a suspended upward dong, you get you get tired of it after a while. 
I need some downward facing dong. Yeah, I wanted a I couple need. of downward packages, and every single one of them tucked up. Uh, dancers' belts, my lads. Yeah, dancers' belts. <laughs> By the time you're, but, well, I didn't have the budget. They didn't have a costumer to be like. <laughs> you guys should get some uh, cups or dancers' belts or something. As it stands, I can see all your veiny dicks. <laughs> Also, it doesn't help that those uniforms are skin-colored for a lot of you. Yes. It is uh, very McCavity in cats. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I don't know whether to be turned on or no, I'm very definitely not. <laughs> I am completely horrified by what I see, and it is time to go. But but to, get, to move past the veiny dicks business, what I meant to get at is that they're all wearing this. Hi, I'm veiny dick, and welcome to my business. <laughs> Everyone's got a wallet, but can your wallet do this? <laughs> Herod Vaney Dicks, we'll give you the business. <laughs> but what I meant to get to is that they're all wearing the same outfit and they all have the same feathered 70s hair. So outside of Ace Hunter, who is a, a lion, uh, every single one of them is identical. Oh, yeah. You know, except for the ones who are different ethnicities, but they don't try to build them up at all. No. There's like never I a said, bit of Suki business. There's... Like, oh, I'm doing a crossword. Oh, is that going to be your thing? No, it'll never be mentioned past this. Mm-hmm. All right, great. That's just a joke. That That's a, that's the slowest setup and punchline. That is a shaggy dog joke in a fucking movie where they're on their way to the drop zone for the first big raid on that, that tank column. And one of them's like, hey, I'm doing a crossword. What's a nine-letter word for an actor who played a native chief? And the guy responds with, Brando? And the first guy's like, Brando? B-R-A-N-D-O. No, that's only six letters. I need nine letters. Oh, I just thought of it. Lancaster. Oh, okay. And who did he play as they jump out of the plane? Do you get it? Huh? Do you get what huh? Chiefy played? Do you? He Bert Lancaster huh? played Geronimo. Do you get it? So they said Geronimo when they jumped out of the plane. Huh? Do you? Do, Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> God, this movie. It's amazing to me that they decided to go this shaggy with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they definitely were, like, trying to do something. It just, they didn't amp up the comedy enough to make it a comedy film. The action isn't good enough to make it an action film. No, and the romance is over already. And the romance <laughs> they already is did it. done. <laughs> She's off sides until the very end of the movie, and then you'll just see her waving. Yeah. But they parachute buggies and uh, motorcycles into the desert, and we have to watch the entire four minutes, because there is a four-minute countdown clock of them driving around this base. That's right. They actually put a countdown clock on screen. Yeah. They shoot lasers and rockets and guns and whatnot, blow up a base, and it takes four minutes of them driving around while pyrotechnics from Six Flags go off. Yeah, and electronic-style music plays, according to my subtitles. But I didn't even notice the electronic music, because if you are wondering if this army can go anywhere without constantly whooping... Worry no longer. They are constantly hooting. Oh, you got every hoot. time. Every time the bikes go by, they're not just like, "Well, we can make do with bike and rocket noises." That's fine. Let's pipe in a bunch of yee-hoo! woo-hoo, yee-haw! Oh, that's another good one. That kind, just that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and indeed, they blow everything up. They lose one dune buggy and two motorcycles, mm-hmm. and that's it. Everyone makes it out though. 
Yeah. Oh, and everything that they have has self-destruct features, so no one manages to capture any of their top secret dune buggies. Yes. <laughs> so, <It's... laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're advanced beyond the rest of the world in dune buggy technology. Well, that dune buggy has directed energy weapon on it, so, That you know. part's important. Yeah, they definitely got to make sure that laser <laughs> goes away. Right around here, there is a scene, I believe it's after this, when they're when, when soldiers are trying to, like, raid their own camp back or whatever, there is a scene where a couple of enemy soldiers are sneaking up on a piece of, like, Megaforce they're, technology. Well, they're sneaking up on the Wonka Vader that yeah. Hal's in. Yeah, I, I think so. We're never sure because we never see a shot that establishes that he is in a vehicle that's anywhere near anyone else. As far as we know, he might be in, like, Kentucky or something in a little garage box. <laughs> we have no... He never leaves that thing. Yeah, well, we never see him get out, but I feel like the back and forth here is supposed to establish that, that he's, he's the, back the of one a truck, yeah. that's in the actual vehicle. Because you've got yeah. dune buggies... You've got motorcycles and one little, like, APC kind of. It looks exactly like a Cobra Hiss tank. Pretty much. It's a co- If you remember your G.I. Joe, that you remember the Hiss tank, it's one of those. And Except it has wheels because they couldn't afford the treads. Yes. And I think that's what he is doing his base of operations out of. Yes. But you don't ever find out but like there's these three dudes who are sneaking up on it or something and he's like oh time to deploy this one weapon i have and it vibrates them out of existence they couldn't think of another special effect so he just has a little radar dish whirl around and then the screen shakes on these three guys and then they're gone yeah it shoots a laser that vaporizes only them and nothing else. And they never use anything they, like that ever again. They no, shoot lasers. Yeah, they have lasers, and they set up the guys that get vaporized. Set up an entire like, oh, we're gonna like they have a shoot mortar a, thing. a yeah. mortar bazooka, whatever, at this truck. So they have an entire thing set up. So it can't be super high heat because that would have blown up the explosive that we watched them load. Yeah, and it just sort of goes boop and. I guess it just kills people and their clothes mm-hmm. because it doesn't burn any of the plants that are also around no, them. No, it just, it just vibrates them out of existence. It sends them to the other side or something. Yeah, they get sent to the phantom zone. Yeah, they go to the underground. Or... <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's about to send them to the shadow zone. <laughs> but he's just like, yep, yep, that's good. We did it. And he's just like, dude, you just like erased three people. That is... <laughs> they just... Did you just like burn them out of existence did they stop existing before you even hit them that could that, that gun shoot back into time and kill them as babies what was that <laughs> did That's it erase a... everything that they had done to this moment that was very powerful you should use that again nah I, what happens if you shoot that against the tank who knows we're not going to try it i mean we'd probably erase the guys in the tank Good. That would be a good thing <laughs> to never, use. They never use anything like it again, and it's the most you ever see of Hal Needham's techie character. Yeah, well. Uh, anyway, they they raid the ba- the the, the uh, camp just fine, and it mostly works, except that Guerrero doesn't really take the bait. He chases them a little while, but then when he realizes what's happening, he calls off his troops and instead sends one guy on a uh, on a uh, motorcycle sidecar to go see where the hell all these dudes came from and where they're going. Now, the the reason for this is he gets some information and we cut over to Zara and Burn White is the name of the British mm-hmm. guy that also gets some information, which is that apparently the place that they just raided was like, 
yeah, if uh, these guys cross over the border into your country, we're going to go to war with you. Yeah. Like, if you allow this force to just raided us to go over your border, then it's on. The fact that we allow this force to go over your border and raid your shit, uh, inconsequential. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that country's being a bully. That's how bullies operate. They're like, yeah, we're allowed to punch you. You're not allowed to punch us. Yeah. Uh, so they're just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the thing they had where they were like, oh, we'll get this armor column to chase us. They're like, no, you can't leave the border now. Yeah. So, so that le- that causes the general... Well, okay, the the chain of events is as follows. First, that the bumbling second-in-command man gets all the way out to where the Megaforce base of operations is in some no-man's-land country. We're not really sure where they are. I think they're in the bad guy country. Yeah, they're still, because um, they can't cross the border They yet. can't leave. So the, the, the bumbling number two of the bad guy army comes up on a motorbike, gets on the phone, and is like, General, I see them. There's a bunch of men out here, and they have a weird tent thing. And and the general's like, what else do you see, you fucking idiot? And he like looks again through the thing. And by this point, he's been spotted by Megaforce. And they put up that hologram of the beach lady. Yeah. Just you know, next to their... It's not even in front of them. It's just next to their camp. It's they're just, like, oh, he'll be watching the beach lady instead of us. And I'm like, you have guns. Just blow him up. We already... You already blew up a bunch of people. Just blow this guy up. Who cares? Yeah. But they're... But what, are you going to get like, in trouble if you blow one more guy up? And they don't even try to use the beach lady to camouflage their own building or anything. It's smaller than their buildings, and they put it off to the side of them. Yes. It's just the silliest thing. And then he looks up through the sunglass, the, the binoculars again, and he gets called by the general, and the general's uh, Guerrera, who's like, and what do you see? Uh, n- nothing. I see nothing. I... Instead of just being like, I don't know, they have like a hologram of a bikini lady. This oh, is... they're playing a movie about a lady. <laughs> I think they're playing one of those American Elvis movies I've heard so much about. <laughs> those American style Elvis movies. <laughs> but the gen- the uh, Guerrero's just like, you idiot. Who cares? No one. Just just keep watching. Whatever. And then he shows up in a helicopter. Well, yeah. Uh, as we have the ba- the guys at the base are all standing around, being like, "Woohoo! We did it! We done dude it all right! We did!" And and uh, Dallas is in the background being like, yeah, woo-hah, it's about states' rights. <laughs> uh, and uh, then they're like, oh, sir, there's a helicopter approaching, and it has no armaments of any kind. Well, yeah, and it's also very clearly marked as a medical it's one. And they're a, like, we yeah. didn't call for a medevac. Yeah, so the medic- medical helicopter shows up, lands, and out walks uh, Guerrera. The, Guerrera, the man who Ace Hunter knows as Duke. And so they just... They're have buds. Some, some shit back and forth where they're like, ah, Ace, you were always a card. Duke, you were a prince. And they're like, ha, we've got jokes for each other. We'll hug. And it doesn't matter that you're leading some weird insurgent army and I'm also leading some weird insurgent army. But, you know, what's up, my dude? Hey, how are you? Hey, hey you but- stole my lighter. Yeah. yeah no, dude, you were drunk and gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole back and forth about who owns this lighter and it doesn't even end here. They're just like... They're just like, uh, you know what? Why don't you keep it then if it's so important to you? No, I couldn't. I insist you keep this lighter. It just goes back. It's, it takes too long. But eventually, while the two of them are palling around, joking about their whole situation, uh, the general and Zara land, and the general's like, oh, terrible news, chap. May I speak with you in private? There's a problem. And, and uh, Guerrero's like, yeah, you know what? I already know what it is, and it's fucking hilarious. So you could just say it in front of everybody. <laughs> just say it or just I'm going it. to. <laughs> The general's like, all right, so you guys did your job too well. The whole country's pissed at you, and we're not allowed to let you back in. Yeah. Sorry, you can't cross the border. Uh, 
you know, we have to disavow that we ever knew anything about you. I have a press conference I'm about to give where we say we never knew you and this isn't part of our doing. Yeah. Which is weird. It makes you wonder why that every country in the uh, on the globe would agree to this whole Megaforce Suicide Squad thing. It, you'd think it'd be like insurance. You'd be like, uh, yeah, if you try to restrict the movements of Megaforce, you're trying to restrict the movements of an army comprised of every military on the country but yours. Yes. Would you like to do that? Yeah, you'd think it would be like, oh, we're going to get real angry at Megaforce and fuck them up. You're like, don't do that. You don't want to. Megaforce is basically a mousetrap. And the spring on the mousetrap fires the rest of the world's militaries at you. <laughs> but no, instead it's, we are going to treat this ex extra force that has all of our best tech and guys as the most dispensable thing. Where if anything remotely goes wrong, then we can be like, ah, write them off. We'll just blow up all their vehicles and kill all these dudes. What? The government's just going to let them kill us? What are we? Some kind of... X-Men? <laughs> uh, they only use this to get vengeance, like we're some kind of Avengers or something. Laffo. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to do a callback. It's fine. It's fine. It's, everything's fine. But yeah, they're just like, ah, oh, well, shit. And Guerrero's like, all right, I'll see you later. Bye. I'm definitely going to set an ambush so you can't leave the other way. Ah, fuck you. Hey, and he, before he leaves, he's like, hey, uh, hey, Ace, you want to, uh, get in the copter with me and leave like you're badass yeah and you're a great commander yeah like you could just leave let these guys die we you he, don't have to die that's not even his only offer he's like hey uh i'll tell you what ace if you throw down all your weaponry you can just leave i'll just let you leave yeah just fuck off just give me all off. your shit just, uh, all of you i give you my guarantee that all of you can leave the border with no incident just don't take any of your equipment with you and you can go and i'm like I understand why they're trying to stop them because, you know, top secret equipment, but most of that's back at Megaforce headquarters. All he's going to end up with is a big pile of dirt bikes and dune buggies. With directed energy weapons. And self-destruct buttons. Yeah. Remote controlled self-destruct buttons. We don't know that. We do know that. Every time they use the self-destruct buttons, it's Needham doing it in his stupid weird techo wagon. Yeah, but they wagon. get Needham's wagon. <laughs> Give me that Wonka Vader and you can fuck off. Need that Wonka? Oh, uh, need him stuck in there. We can't. <laughs> we can't open it. Yeah, the thing. We have to drop beef bourguignon down the top of it. <laughs> That's all he'll eat. That's all he wants. <laughs> Two heavy scoops of beef bourguignon, and then we'll host his fruit pie twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little hamster thing of water that he suckles at, <laughs> pushing that little ball. <laughs> need him thirsty. <laughs> Uh, so then they decide, all right, here's what we're going to do. We've gotten word back from headquarters that there is a path through the mountains behind where the column of armor is waiting for us, mm -hmm. uh, so that we can go around behind them, blow up the waiting ambush, and then have our planes come and pick us up. Yeah. And there's no way Guerrera knows about this path through the mountains. I don't see why not. And the only people who could possibly use the path through the mountains are dirt bikes and dune buggies. Fuck yeah. It's a small pass. Oh, well, it feels like that'd make it more likely that Guerrero would have scouted it out and known about it. 
Uh, nope, he has no idea, and he's got his no, back no to one, it. No one knew about it because we only found out about it because we have a super secret satellite topographical map of the area that shows that there is a way through. You'd think that the people who would have maps of the area would be the people who live in and have previously mapped the area. Well, but I guess I'm crazy. He doesn't live there. He's a mercenary That's with true. a mercenary force. That's true. But you'd think he'd have some local intel. Nah. Instead, he sets up with his back to the hot gates. Well, and he's about to get thermopile drived. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got mountains on three sides of me and one way through this area, and it's over there. And the reason he's faced that way is also because the way in is through this wide open plane. So he's yeah. like, the second they try and show up, we will have forever to murder them. He's trying to do a box canyon thing, except there's an e- is a secret entrance to the bo- box canyon just big enough for a Cobra hiss tank. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Slightly bigger than a regular tank, but that's it. No bigger. So they go. I don't understand what the placement of the borders are because they were like, oh, he's placed here so that they can't like leave through the border. I'm like, but if they can get around behind you, Mm -hmm. then wouldn't that mean they can get past you to a different border to some other country? Like, (laughs) I don't understand what's going on here. And if. This country's going to be pissed if you leave the border. Why would they be less pissed if you leave in a plane than if you leave in a fucking dune buggy? Well, that means they never actually set foot in the in the country they're not allowed to land in. Yeah. That's why. that they, they, they were very clear with what they weren't allowed to do. You are not allowed to go back to that country right there by uh, and, and put your dirty feet in it. You can't do that. You can fly over it. Oh, definitely do that. Yeah. You could take a day flight to London and go on a date with the daughter of the president of that country, but you can't go to that country. Yeah. So there is a fight scene that lasts forever and it's oh. just bottle rockets and smoke. Bottle rockets and smoke effects and and uh, Dallas stretching a, a Confederate flag over the radio antenna that's hanging off the back of every one of these uh, dirt bikes. Fucking goddamn it. And every one of them is firing off so many smoke missiles. They got little... They got them Comanches, those Estes Comanches. Those San Diego Comanches. (laughs) And they're just firing off as many rockets as they want, just up. None of the rockets are aimed at anything. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, this isn't a movie that has the budget to show a tank exploding or anything, so every explosion happens about five feet away from anything else. Yes. This includes anything near a dune buggy or a bike. No one is ever hit by anything... (laughs) No one has ever hurt. People just sort of fall down, but get back up and get their bikes up and keep going. Yep. It is a bloodless war. And they send in two planes to get these guys. Mm -hmm. Two C-130s. And uh, they're supposed to be like, oh, well, you distract them. And while they're shooting at you, we'll come up behind them and blow them up, which no one gets blown up. Nothing matters. One of the airplanes gets a hit. And it has to fuck off, which well, means it creates one of my funny, my favorite silly effects in this whole thing where they're like, one of the airplanes has to fuck off, uh, fuck off. Now you have to all get in this airplane. And that means you have to leave all your vehicles here. Yeah, because like, we got to oh, fit all of you into one plane. So we have to do the thing that we could have done in the first place by agreeing to just leave all of our equipment here. Yeah, but we're going to blow it up first. <laughs> we're going to self-destruct all this equipment. And then we'll get on the plane. Uh, except they don't ever show anyone doing that. Eh. <laughs> That would cost money. Yeah, because then you'd have to show them blowing up one of the dirt bikes they spent a million dollars on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's this whole thing where they get around to behind the the, uh, tank line. They can see the big line of tanks. 
There's Guerrera pocket, poking out of the top of a tank like a Dan Quayle-looking dude. They all look goofy. Uh, and, and we get a whole speech from from Ace. How he's, he's like, we're going to go to the other side of them. The, the Gentlemen, this is the day of our reckoning or whatever. It's just some bullshit. And then, yeah, it's just this long-ass watching dirt bikes jump yeah. routine. And it goes on and on. I think my favorite part is the part where Hal Needham from inside of his Wonka Vader is like, Hey, boys, he's talking to the C-130 pilots. They ain't going to shoot us from the back. Watch this. <laughs> and he presses a button and all the all the vehicles start discharging multicolored smoke. Yep. It's one of the coolest shots in the movie because it's like 50 dirt bikes dropping smoke and driving in a big line. And it's all like different color. You've got like yeah. yellow and red and green smoke going on. For a off. second, I thought they had the pride flag colors, <laughs> or the, the uh, trans pride flag, flag colors in particular. Yeah, no, yeah. just a whole oh, bunch color. of colors. Just every color. It was just the first three were white, blue, and pink. And I was like, ooh, hey. Ooh. <laughs> Megaforce said trans... Oh, yellow. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it works. The, the tanks can't get a shot. And you'd think they'd just fire blindly and probably hit some of these dirt bikes. After all, they're riding next to each other. There's well, not really a spot you could shoot where you wouldn't hit a dirt bike. <laughs> sure there is. It's about five feet behind them or in front of them. <laughs> But uh, one by one, they all make it across this giant open field. No one takes any damage except for some tanks that get blown up via, like, green screen effects. Oh, yeah. Well, some lasers hit them, and then it explodes. Yeah, an explosion is superimposed in front of the tank. Yeah. But, oh, no, everyone's made it except for Hunter, who got knocked off of his bike by the, I guess, the only person in a tank that has any ability to hit anything. Except for that C-130, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so he gets knocked off of his bike, and they're all like, we can't go! we got to wait for Hunter! We need an extra minute! Oh, God! I hope he's on his way! He's not. He's going to go fucking have another conversation with Guerrera. Hunter picks his bike up and is like, ah, I could leave. But first... To taunt and fuck with the general instead of just getting on the plane. Yeah. Drives away from where they're getting picked up. Mm -hmm. Goes to Guerrero and is like, hey, buddy, I just want to let you know, even though it's the 80s, the good guys still win. Anyway, here's a cigar. I'll see you for brunch. <laughs> the good guys still win. Spoken like someone who has not lived through more than two years of the 80s. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, it's not like the 70s, you know, where the good guys won all the time. Mm -hmm. In the 70s? That's the best time for the good guys to win. You remember all those wars in the 70s where the good guys kept winning? <laughs> yeah, I think South Korea counts as the good guys, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, but, I mean, the 80s is not a, 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 a era where we're like, yeah, good triumphed over evil. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, no. So he... Then takes his dirt bike, but of course he has fucked around for so long that you know they have to be like, all right, we have to leave. Like, yeah, we have to fly. We can't. We uh, can't sit here and I, fuck around and we waste. have to hope he's okay and that he isn't. I don't know, showboating with General Guerrera instead of getting his ass over here. He isn't risking all of our lives so he can be mean to a guy. Yep. But no, he is, and the plane is taking off, and. <laughs> Fucking, he presses some fucking buttons. He finally goes, all right, Egg, I uh, hope this works. One, and the tiniest baby wings come out from the back side of this uh, motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah. And then two, and suddenly he's in green screen land. <laughs> yeah, he's flying with all the high-end technical effects of, like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. He has a flying motorcycle, and he... 
I guess. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know if you did this as well, but the moment he was airborne, I started do- humming the intro to Flying Nun. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I want to get some sh- <laughs> I want some shots of Ramirez looking stunned off to the side. Oh. 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 <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's doing a little flippy. He even does a barrel roll. He does. Which is the stupidest slow. Oh, you're going to get sick doing stuff like that. Yeah, because he's flying towards the C-130, which is airborne now, but still has the back door open. And they're all like, come on, you got to get in here on his flying motorcycle. Manages to land the motorcycle in the plane. And they all, like, catch it. Like, there's a bunch of troops who, like, catch the motorcycles that's coming in. Yeah. I'm... I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess that works. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> who cares? I don't I don't want to know about the physics of it. Fuck it. Whatever. He lands a flying motorcycle on an, <laughs> on an already flying uh, C-130, and then they decide to have a little send-off by going back to the country they're not allowed to go to, and he, sh- because the only equipment they were allowed to keep was his flying motorcycle, mm-hmm. everything else had to get blown up. He shoots one of his remaining rockets as they fly over the general uh, and Zara by blowing up the general's helicopter as a fuck you to the general. Yeah. Even though, like, they have a conversation beforehand and the general's like, I'm real sorry. Like, this comes from the top. It's not my decision. Yeah, but he is and smiling he- when he does it. He's like, ah, we're going to use oh, you the boys. way we've always intended. And, you know, boss looks like it all, it's all on the wheel. It all comes around again. Karma, and, bitch. And so he blows up this dude's helicopter and is like, yeah, karma. I'm like, that wasn't his helicopter. That one. That belonged to the military. That's not, he didn't pay for that helicopter. And two, he didn't give the order to abandon you. I think it actually is supposed to be a callback because there's a point earlier in the film where Zara is bragging or sort of making fun of the general. Well, no, they have out... a profile for the general, and oh, yeah. they're pointing and they're out like, all the things they know. This, that his helicopter is extra fancy. Yeah, they're like, he loves it so much and spends so much time in it, he installed shag carpeting and air conditioning. Yeah. The luxury. Yeah, so I think them, him blowing up, getting his helicopter blown up is supposed to be like, ah, you, I blew up your favorite thing. Yeah, fuck you. And of course, they have the same reaction as like you would have to a mischievous child. Oh yeah, it's like they're the, just like, oh you. Yeah, it's just a Dennis the Menace reaction. Yeah. Oh that scamp shooting rockets at our military hardware. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well I'm gonna go <laughs> fuck the president's daughter in London. Bye. <laughs> End of movie. Just credits. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I feel like this might be one of our shortest reviews we've ever done. Nope. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it just feels that way, because the movie has, like, nothing. No, the movie has zero anything to it, because for some reason, they decided that every time they paid for something professional, by God, they were going to use it. They will use every bit of the footage. Yes. <laughs> so so that means that over the credits, there's just more of the same crap. Just more of the same boring. It doesn't show anything it's just like stunt drivers yeah it's not even bloops i was hoping for some sweet bloops and goofs <laughs> bloops and goops but no just just extra boring footage of dirt bikes Ugh, sad face but there you have it there's megaforce let's uh let's go ahead and get into our bests and worsts mm. jeff 
I want you to tell me what part of Megaforce was the best for you. <laughs> I think that the shock moment where, because there's a scene early on where uh, the general is telling Hunter what his assignment is. And he's like, you have to go after this Guerrera guy. And Hunter's like, I know him. He's a good man. I've served with him. He's a good soldier. Yeah. I, I the feel only bad reason I... he's a mercenary is because the government forced him to not fight against an invading force. And instead they saved themselves. Yeah. But that even even with that bit of information, it's still such a fun shock in the movie when Guerrero just shows up in their camp and he's just like, hey, let's hug it out. Hey, buddy, what's up? And he's like, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, they just have this fun conversation. Um, like, I know it's supposed to be like underlying menace, but they both play it so broad that it feels like they're just actually happy to see each other. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite moment. It's just sort of a little bit of a shock value to be like, oh, the, je- the bad general's here. Oh, cool. Let's just show him around and have a nice time. Yeah. And even... Fucking when he's there at the same time as Burn White, and he's like, "Oh, you captured him." He's like, "Nah, we're not gonna keep him." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff, uh, Burn White's like, "Oh, you did it. That's amazing. Okay, good. Well, let's just go ahead and wrap him up." And he's like, "Nope, not under, not in my camp. That guy walks free. <laughs> that guy's great, and I like him. You can suck it. However, <laughs> I can smell that you're about to betray me." <laughs> It's so weird. It's so weird. Also, I can smell balls. And when you hang out with this camp, like where every dude is wearing spandex and no underwear, you can always smell balls. <laughs> always. There's always balls in the air. Uh. Anyway. So uh, that's my favorite thing. That's that, your that favorite scene, thing. That scene where the gen- bad general shows up and they're just thrilled to see each other is a good little moment. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like in uh, the Thor Ragnarok, the, uh, the, the part where, where Thor goes, yeah! when he sees he's about to fight the Hulk. Hmm. He's just excited because he knows who that is. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so, good moment. What about you? What's your favorite thing? Uh, my fa- God, my favorite thing right now is looking at one of the goofs in Megaforce's IMDb. Mm-hmm. There's a point where uh, Guerrera and his second-in-command are playing... Well, it's not even a second-in-command. I think it's just the actual person that is like, like a commandant or something. Yeah. Well, I think it's his liaison of that country. Oh, okay. So it's like he's the mercenary that works for him. Okay. But whatever. They're playing chess. And, oh, right. And he cheats. And yeah. The sec- and the, the second in command guy, like, has to go get another bottle of rum or whatever. Yes. And Guerrero just cheats to win. Mm-hmm. And so he claims when the guy comes back, he's like, ha ha checkmate but if you look at the board the queen can capture silva's knight which actually puts him in check so (laughs) technically he is not in checkmate they fucked up their own thing i think i'm pretty sure he moved a bishop from a black square to a white square anyway oh yeah so i'm pretty sure it's very clearly like you look at the board and go hey wait a minute i think the guy came back and he was like hey that guy clearly cheated but he's an evil mercenary general all right well you you win win. yeah okay Uh, but no, my, uh, obviously my favorite thing in here is <laughs> the reveal of the mess hall where everyone's in that dumb outfit. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. It really feels like they're setting up for a musical number. This is, this is your <laughs> formal outfit for your force. This is mega forces. We're putting on our fancy duds. Every one of us is dressed like Captain America did in 1939. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what is the worst thing in this movie for you? Uh, Confederate flags. God knows. As soon as I saw it on his shoulder, I was like, fuck you, Dallas. I kind of liked you as a weird, dumb cowboy, but now fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) 
I know people are going to be like, well, the Confederate flag wasn't as big of a deal in the 70s and 80s. Remember? Remember the Dukes of Hazard? I'm like, yeah, I do. Not fondly. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't have nostalgia for that flag. <laughs> and that show sucked. Come at me, fans sucks. of the Dukes of Hazard. They always jump over a creek. I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the fact that they were like, yeah, we sent the best and the brightest from all of our military countries in the world, uh, including the Confederate States of America. Yes. Is the worst. Yeah, we we sent this guy through time to go join your uh, your army. <laughs> well, no, it's just an alternate universe where the Civil War never ended. <laughs> They just came into it. They just settled into a stalemate, and we just don't get a mention of that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's like we have Gamibia and also the Confederate States of America at the same time. Yeah, you got to assume that the dude they sent was like the least racist dude because he's willing to ride around in a car driven by a black guy. <laughs> no, you don't understand. It doesn't matter that he's black. It's about states' rights. <laughs> yes, the states' rights to keep slaves. <laughs> So that's my least favorite. What about you? Uh, I mean, outside of that, 100%, I think, of all the interminable, like, this goes on too long things, that skydiving scene was so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's either just minutes and minutes of watching, like, two very clearly not the same people, professional skydivers, skydiving. Yes. Or the two actors on a green screen going, Woo! Yeah. I'm skydiving. Someone put a desk fan near me, and that's the amount of wind that's happening right now. It also doesn't help that that scene goes nowhere, because it's all part of that stupid, like, we'll just let her try out for the army, and then when she succeeds, we'll tell her she still can't be in it. Yeah. I'm like, great. You put in a incredibly long, incredibly boring scene that served no purpose. Yeah. Thanks. Why does this movie have a romance in it? Ugh. <laughs> it didn't need it, and it the movie actively resisted it. The movie was like, eh, we've been 20 minutes. It's enough of this. Eh, uh, nah. <laughs> and this is, just, this is just crap that's in the way of dirt bikes and dune buggies. <laughs> My dude, dirt bikes and dune buggies, the movie. You know, they were going to make a sequel of this. <laughs> okay. It, you know, it didn't happen because this cost $20 million to make and made three. <laughs> dollars i mean i feel like they could have focused on more of the, there's that scene where six killer and some other guy like the guy from mexico are like talking and they're back at their base and they're just like how come we didn't get to go on the mission we've had to spend all day just stacking rockets well, well yeah. someday i'm gonna do something cool because my name's six killer no that was the because they're at the base where they refuel after they blew up the camp yeah and they're like oh we didn't get to go on the raid we had to go on the camp mission yeah and they're just like, yeah, but we were the heroes of the last three missions we were on, so it's fine. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to know what those last three missions were. Presumably three of them were three of his six kills. <laughs> yeah, if you went on this mission, you might be seven killer. <laughs> so so anyway, yeah, it's it not it not surprising to me that they planned the sequel for this, but Jesus Christ, why would you bother? Yeah. It is so bad. I would love to have found a couple of the toys they made from this. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. I tell you when I when I I said that there we had that Delta Force game and I was talking about how there's a, a movie called Delta Force. Uh-huh. I thought it was this because <laughs> I've heard of this before and I've seen footage of it. Uh, it turns out there is a Delta Force movie as well that is not this, and it is a Chuck Norris movie. Hmm. It's a canon film, just like I thought this was. Amazing. This seems like it should have the Golden Globus logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, this is great. That's... I'm looking at the toys now. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> 
we are going to rate the movie. Each of us giving a rating from zero to five to give it a total rating out of ten. Jeff, one and a half. Nice. It's pretty much right where I need this movie to be. It sucked. Yeah, it out sucks loud. Out, sucks out loud. But it's got so much like Barry Bostwick trying his best to carry God the day. Bless him. <laughs> just big smile, big obvious dick, just right out there. <laughs> big smile, big dick, big Barry Bostwick. <laughs> Barry Bostwick is the unintentional Flash. And uh, that's why he gets a whole one and a half. It's just because it was fun to watch him just sort of gentle bend his way through the scenery. <laughs> what about you? I mean, I'm going to give it a one and a half, too. That's what it deserves. Yep. A three out of ten for this movie. It is boring and then slight little glimmers of hope whenever they let Bostwick do stuff. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to let you off the leash for like five minutes to go talk to this other actor. And he's like, oh, you better believe I'm going to ham it up as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I might have even given it a two for all the good Barry Boswick stuff if 50% of his stuff was not intentionally leaning to stop Persis Kambata from getting out of the out of the room. <laughs> the half, half his footage is him being awesome with his dudes and like the, the, the enemy general and so on. The other half is him being like one elbow up on the wall. Where are you trying to go, baby? Hey. Why don't you stay here and talk to me, a military gentleman? Hey, hey. I'm a guy. Hey. You you're look, a lady. You're a lady. I'm a guy. Come on, do the math. That kind of shit. Let's look at each other's tits. How come you, uh, why, why don't you try and join my army and I'll pretend I'm going to let you? <laughs> and you're just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. So one and a half all around. Yep. Three out of 10. Not a good movie at no, all. No, definitely a movie where you can just watch, like go to YouTube and look up like a highlight reel. Yeah. Go, go look up some clips because God knows seeing that something is bad and dumb for like 20 seconds is much better than the like five minutes that you have to sit through watching the movie. Yes. So there you go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with more movie mastery. But there's more. A big butt. A giant butt. <laughs> if that raccoon's help, <laughs> that's no moon. <laughs> so we are doing TV mastery. We are about to finish up our... Uh, look back in time at The Flying Nun mentioned in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to watch the final episode of The Flying Nun, season three, episode 24 or something. It is the last one, and it's kind no, of a, It's not the last. It, they, they did not know they were done. Yeah, they did not plan for this to be a send-off, mm -hmm. although I got to say the theme of it, appropriate. Yep, that's so, perfectly fine. Please join us. If you head over to patreon.com slash system mastery, you can support us there. Uh, anything, of course, helps, and all of the levels unlock different content. They sure do. The $5 level unlocks everything that we do, including the TV mastery, but also all of our movie, our uh, system mastery stuff, our expounded universe stuff. And the afterthought. All of that, plus some extra stuff in our Discord. You it's got it. It's all great. It's all good. Everyone loves it. And Join it, it. It lets us keep making this content for you to enjoy. That's right. Mm -hmm. We have to keep paying real actual dollars to watch this crap. <laughs> so at least we can afford it. Hey, at least this one, they didn't try and upsell me on the HD on Amazon. No, they were like, hey, it's <laughs> SD. You, we're not giving you an HD version of Megaforce. You think we have the original transfer of this? Come you on. think anyone's got a, masters, a master of Megaforce? No. <laughs> All right. 
We will, of course, be back later. Thank you so much for joining us. And to all of you out there, you have a good one.